0: Trees, Casablanca, and Sausage, it's Pun Intensive. And welcome to Pun Intensive. Today, we have a square, or I have a square in front of me, with four panels, and three panelists and one host. I am your host, Air Runner, Air Rundum Choice, and an Air Runaway walk into a bar, Aaron Fazel, a name that's abby Reation of abbreviation, Abby Hagen, adamant that I pronounce his name correctly, a damn angle, <laughs> and demons are coming, I'm not going to howl, lock the door, Gary Halleck. We're going to start off with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week, where we ask each of our panelists to share personal anecdotes and experiences in the world of work-a-day wordplay. I'm going to go ahead and start with my Zinger of the Week. It's kind of silly, but as a show of how the little things can really make your day, my 10-year-old, he dropped his iPod, it broke. So uh, we gave him an old iPhone, and he was renaming some of the folders. And there was one that had the generic name Folder, and he was going to rename it to Basil, my last name. And as he was editing the name, he got very excited because he realized he only has to hit the delete key five times. He doesn't have to delete the whole word because F is already there. And so he can finish the word <laughs> Basil. And I said, Oh, well, that's a very low effort.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> talk uh, about, talk right. about low energy. <laughs> Yes. thanks. (laughs) I I only have to hit the delete key four times. (laughs) My finger is so tired. Uh, Also,
0: I want to introduce, you just heard the voice of this podcast, co-producer and the O. Henry Punos former producer, Gary Halleck. Gary, what's using of the week?
1: Hey there, hey there. Good friend of mine I've worked with for a number of years, set me up so beautifully for this one, I couldn't believe it. You and I were working together on this uh, woodworking project, repairing a stairway. And he he said, You know, we could put in a bigger, a bigger pin, a big metal pin, if you had something we could drill that hole with. And he says, Do you have a long, boring bit we can use for that? (laughs) 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 Really? (laughs) Well, I I usually save those for the pun off. (laughs) That is. I like like him. He, He. He's always set me up like that.
0: <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty great. All right. And we have with us for the first time, documentary filmmaker and video editor based in Seattle, Abby Hagan. Hi, Abby. Hello. Hi. What's your zinger of the week?
2: So I've been really nostalgic lately and missing home quite a bit. I was thinking about a Saturday morning when I was a teenager and my mom's in her pajamas and she told my dad that she was going to put on some pants to go check the mail. And my dad, without a pause, responded, or i could take off my pants and you could check the
3: mail
4: <laughs> and i was like i was like 14 i was not bad no, that,
3: that no, no no no
0: <laughs> oh god and we also have a, a one time participant in the o henry panoff and uh, another uh, seattle resident you're flattered me. Uh, Ab- uh, you're welcome <laughs> adam adam with a t sort of ingle <laughs>
3: So Adam, what's your zinger of the week? God, well, is, does my name count as a chemistry
0: teacher? Yes. But, all right. Uh, so we're done with that.
3: <laughs> so one of my groups of friends here in Seattle does a workout group. And so since this whole shutdown, people have been posting all sorts of weird workout challenges. The most recent one that they posted last week was a burpee mile. Literally, you do burpees for a mile. So I dragged my friend out to do some socially distanced burpee mile. We got through a quarter mile and I told her that I have never felt as gassy as I ever have. And she looked at me and she's like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, I feel so burpy right now. (laughs) Uh,
1: Indeed. All right. Uh, Uh, I I wish I had invested in some of that burping stock. (laughs) They're they're really comfortable. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) All right, we're gonna take a real quick break. I hope you don't mind waiting because we have a professional waiter waiting to wait on us. Coming up. play a fun game called hey waiter how does hey waiter work well you are a patron we are a waiter you're drinking soup and you hate it why do you hate it because there's something in that soup you know what's in this soup well turns out that the soup that you are eating has a tree in it it has a tree in it
3: yeah well I'm going to leave before you talk any more about
1: it. Okay, that's good.
0: <laughs> hey waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
1: Yeah, and you can have some pine for dessert. What? Pie. I have some pie I have some oh, pine in okay. the kitchen you can have for dessert.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
2: Oh, how rude of me. Yeah, there you. go.
1: <laughs> hey waiter, there's a tree in my soup. Oh, just leave me alone.
0: Sorry, that was that was such low-hanging fruit, because it's a tree. I don't know. Low-hanging fruit tree. Hey, Adam Waiter. There's a tree in my soup. Uh,
3: you're barking up the wrong tree here. Uh,
1: there you go. All right. Uh, I wish I'd bought some of that barking stock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> it's the biggest laugh for just saying a joke twice. I've seen it a long time. Uh,
3: <laughs> market's, the, the market's crashing for that one, dude. <laughs>
2: uh, um, hey, waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
1: I knew you would complain about that. Hey, waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
2: Oh, let me teak that away for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
0: Well, in your opinion, (laughs) hey waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
3: Why don't you take it out and flavor it with some branch dressing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey uh, waiter, there's a tree in my soup. Oh, I'm so very, very sorry. Our soup chef, he's been going through a rough patch lately. He just got deforest. No. Hey waiter, there's a tree in my soup.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have any sycamore of the other kind.
4: Okay.
0: (laughs) You're good at this, Abby. I don't know why you're so worried. I'm just a
2: tree enthusiast is all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's too bad because it's too bad because it turns out that the menu at this particular restaurant has been changed. No more trees. Turns out that you're getting different complaints. See, Next thing I've been hearing is, hey, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup. And I'm gonna tell you right now, no dogs or
1: cats. (laughs) Domestic animal, no dogs or cats. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
4: Try
1: not, try not to think of a dog or a cat.
3: (laughs) Hey, uh, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> the way you <he> said that. <laughs> you might as well have said, hey, waiter, Aaron's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, not just one. There's a parrot. Uh, parrot? Parrot? <laughs> yeah. OK, cool. Hey, yeah. waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup.
3: I know. I tried the last batch. It tasted foul. Hey, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup.
1: Oh, yeah, we got those over at the bookstore of, of the Book of Poetry. It was a pair of Keats. Wow. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup.
2: <laughs> yeah, but only a rabbit. Hmm? Hey, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup. Yeah, I noticed that. And you have a
0: little bit of gerbiling down your...
4: gerbiling
0: <laughs> gerbiling. Hey, waiter, there is a domestic animal
3: in my soup. Nah, that's just ham, stir it up a little bit and you'll see. I <laughs> don't well, that's a pun, but it's, <laughs> it's
4: gross.
3: <laughs> it's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. There's a domestic animal in my
1: soup. Oh yes, that's animal crackers. They're always domesticated. Hey, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry, it's on the mouse. Hey waiter, there's a domestic animal
0: in my soup. Oh, I'm so sorry, let me, let me replace that for you. In the meantime, would you like some chamomile tea? <laughs> hey waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup. Oh
3: no, let me take that feather out of your soup. Don't let me get you down. Cool.
1: Hey waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take that out of there. Wait a minute. Oh, I can't. I can't pull it out. I can't seem to budgie it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a domestic animal in my soup.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. I was just checking on it.
1: All right.
0: So obviously that menu was a big flop at this restaurant. Wait Wait um, a minute.
4: I have, a, I have another one. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs>
1: This um, is a great one too. Hey Gary, <laughs> there's a domestic animal in my soup. Oh, oh yes. We got that from our Superman, you know. He always puts a cape on when he makes soup. I th- I think that pun was very cryptoic. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be dying again and again. It'll be in the crypt tonight, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: All right, so obviously but, after uh, you poisoned all of the reporters who came to your restaurant, changed the menu a little bit, still hearing complaints though, very first day you heard, hey waiter, there's a deck of cards in my soup."
3: <laughs> Is it also a domestic animal that was spayed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I,
1: knew, I knew there would be a good punch. <laughs> Hey waiter, there's a deck of cards in my soup. <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if it's still alive. Maybe I'll poker at it and see. Hey waiter, there's a domestic. I mean, there's a deck of cards in my <laughs> in my soup.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. Did it upset your rummy?
1: Oh, nice.
3: That, oh, hey much. waiter,
2: there's a deck of cards in my soup.
3: That really hurts me to hear. So I'm gonna go and get you a new one. Waiter, 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 waiter! There's a deck of cards in my soup.
0: There's a waiter in my soup? Ooh, that'd be a good one. Uh, (laughs) Okay, well, I'll go replace that for you. But in the meantime, would you like to enjoy this souffle? Ah,
1: Waiter named Gary, inexplicably. There's a deck of cards in my soup. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry, that's yesterday's soup. It was Old Maid.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: waiter. There's a deck of cards in my soup. No, I hate when that happens. Hey, waiter, there's a deck of cards in my soup.
3: Let me get you a new one. In the meantime, would you like some gin? You got to be 21 for it. (laughs) Hey, waiter.
0: Oh, uh, I see what you did there. Okay, gotcha.
3: (laughs) It was a double. Hey, waiter,
1: there's a deck of cards in my soup. Well, yes, but it was really cheap. Do you want a good dealer or not? Hey, waiter, there's a deck of cards in my soup.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, it must've been fold. Hey, waiter, there's a deck of cards in my soup.
1: Deal with it.
4: Okay, <laughs> that's it. perfect. That is
0: <laughs> the perfect way to go out. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we're gonna dock your pay. Stick around. And we're back.
1: I'm not interrupting me, Gary. I'm still trying to <laughs> understand what it was you were hinting at.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Today's Is It a Pun Discussing is going to be about documentaries, actually about a specific documentary. We have on our panel today a documentarian making a documentary about puns. Abby, can mm-hmm. you tell us just a real quick synopsis of what your documentary is about?
2: Sure. So, um... It's called Punderneath It All. And basically it explores the subculture of pun competitions while using that as a jumping off point to explore puns and pop culture and language and live comedy and several different topics.
0: Before the show, we were talking about how a lot of times documentaries start off with intent A and then it turns into intent B or C or whatever. Have you found yourself taking this in different angles or something?
2: Yeah, it's really, it's constantly evolving. And I'm sure it will evolve even more in post production as they continue shooting. But at the onset, it was very focused on the competitions and kind of that circuit and the founders and everything, which is still like a vital part of the story. But it's really opened up much more into people that create community and how important community is, just as a whole in the human experience. And so like, puns as a community, whether that's the competitions, or there's one woman that I'm going to interview who has themed dinner parties where everyone makes a pun dish. So like she made Twilight calzones. So that's sort of just how they manifest in people's everyday lives.
1: Uh, You live in Seattle, correct? Yes. And your jumping off point was following the pun competitions at Pundemonium in Seattle at the, the, uh, what is it? uh, Peddler? Peddler. Peddler. They do a monthly competition of, of pandemonium there, which is similar to what we do here in Austin, where they have people competing in punny ways, but not exactly the way that we do it here. You've also visited other competitions nearby?
2: Yes, so I've been to Austin, Spokane. I've been following Forrest, who hosts pandemonium, who's trying to start one in Olympia. The first one was supposed to be in May, but that's on hold. And I was also slotted to go to the pandemonium in Wisconsin. See, so, yeah, I actually haven't made it to as many competitions as, as I'd like.
1: And you're aspiring, though, to get as uh, a large a sampling as possible from all the different types of competitions, because every one of them is different in some way.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I know that I know that what's, what's unique about the, the competition in Austin, besides the fact that it's the world championship, we have actually two different types of, of punting competitions. We have the pun slingers, which is basically the kind that most of the other competitions have where you put two people up and give them a topic and they battle back and forth. Sometimes they have multiple people battling on the same topic, but ultimately it boils down to one head-to-head competition. The other half of our competition is Punniest of Show, which is more of a tour de force, uh, uh, a prepared material, where people have jammed a whole bunch of puns into a basically a comedy routine, usually a, a narrative, and they have kind of woven all this together like a performance piece. Are you seeing much of that in these other competitions at all?
4: Yeah, there seems uh, to be
2: a pretty good variety. Punslingers is the most, or that style is the most common, but at Pundemonium, they do start with a monologue portion. So when you show up, you have an hour to write your monologue and that's kind of the opening. And then in Spokane, there wasn't a monologue portion, if I remember right, it was mostly punslingers, but they did interject a lot of improv games like Hey Waiter and things like that into the competition just to break things up. And yeah, everyone kind of has their own different style and I'm really looking forward to four of those.
1: I actually attended the Pandemonium in Seattle a year or so ago. I didn't really intend to compete, but I got there and they said, well, we still got room for it. So why, why not? You know, so, it, plus I think it was a discounted price if you're if you if you're a competitor. <laughs> so I said, what the hell? So, uh, but I did not realize that they publish in advance the topics that they expect you to work your prepared material on. So as I got there, and I was trying to meet and greet people who were gathering. And there were a number of people who were just so intense they didn't want to talk to me because they were sitting there scribbling for the hour before the event. And I thought, oh, I, I didn't know what this was about. <laughs> and and so when I finally figured out what was going on, oh, I guess I better write something. But they, you don't know exactly what your topic is going to be until they call you. So you have to be prepared for more than one topic. Is that right?
2: For the monologue, if I understand correctly, they publish what could be your topics online. And then when you sign up, you pull like a piece of paper. So that's when you have your hour to. Write your model.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So, so Adam, you like, in I'm, that
3: one, right? So I've competed at the Seattle Pundemonium a bunch. That's how I got my first foray into the pun community. and I, I was 4F so
1: during the war. Uh,
3: I was 4-H <laughs> in middle school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... They publish a big list of possible topics and they send it out usually like a day or two before with all the possible topics that you could pull out of the hat or whatever. When you arrive, you pull one topic. That's the one that you have an hour to prepare a monologue of. After the first round where everybody presents monologues, you go on stage and you draw something out of a hat and it's not punslingers because it's not a back and forth. It's another monologue portion, but it's all improvised. Um, Uh You get 30 seconds of, of prep time, which sometimes just means taking a breath. Sometimes it means I can't read what's actually on this sheet of paper. Or in my case, sometimes it means like flipping back to old routines that I'd already done just so that I can read them off again.
1: If you're lucky, you might draw one that you've already worked on before in a previous uh, contest.
3: Exactly. And then when you get to the semifinals, those first two rounds are collectively the qualifying rounds. The semifinals is a head-to-head pun slingers of the top contestants. And then the finals is another pun slingers back and forth, but it's timed instead of a point system.
1: And then it isn't about who chokes, it's judged by a panel of judges. It's a voice vote of the audience.
0: I have a question for Abby so and actually I guess all three of you have been to more than one different kind of pun competition Owen oh, Henry's the only one I've ever been to so Gary used to have a theory that all punsters rabid punsters were left-handed and that obviously turned out not to be true <laughs> then he was going on a theory that they were all dropped on their head as children and we found at least a few people for whom that's not true uh, do you, in, in making this documentary, uh, have any thoughts about what the punsters have in common?
2: Honestly, no. And that's kind of one of the most fascinating parts is that people from, I mean, there are definitely like the stereotypes kind of based on the competition. Like Seattle kind of skews more like tech crowd. But even within that, mm-hmm. there are so many different types of people and, you know, people that have language backgrounds or math backgrounds, or they just love puns. I mean, it's it's really hard to like define the type of punster, which I have just found to be super amazing. The,
0: the, I think the one thing, it's kind of obvious, but the people who are really into it are just inherently wordsmiths, right? Or have a fascination with with wordage. So for example, obviously he's influenced by living with me but my 10 year old son really enjoys punning a lot and he is you know a reading nerd you know what I mean he loves reading books he understands language he's really interested in in just portmanteaus in general and in all sorts of wordplay so he really digs punning so I, I imagine that's something that y'all can have probably seen as a common theme right
2: Yeah, of course. And then I have noticed that several people that I talked to, again, not across the board, but there's kind of a theme of people who enjoy games or puzzles. Like, I mean, you all know David White, who is a chess champion and different personalities that I've met people, you know, just who like solving problems or figuring out how things fit together in unusual ways. That's that's certainly a theme that I've seen.
0: I'm going to put Adam and Abby on the spot here. So I consider myself to be somewhere between average and slightly below average on hunting in general, I, I, I consider Gary to be cream of the crop. He has something in his brain that just is just insane. Have you had an opportunity to, well, in addition to being insane, but Abby, <laughs> have you had an opportunity to meet people whose brains work similar to Gary's, just like, just can't help but pun?
2: Not quite to that degree
0: Um, (laughs) yet.
2: I'm sure I will. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know. I did an interview or I filmed Adam and David also doing like a podcast project and that just seeing them go back and forth. Really, I'm just, I can, I also consider myself an average punster. I appreciate them and the art form, but I'm not very quick. And it's so impressive to me. And uh, which is why I like embarked on this project. But yeah, I don't know. Adam, thoughts? (laughs)
3: yes i i'm so su- I'm sure I have them somewhere uh, <laughs> i <laughs> I think it takes a very specific kind of person to pun in the way or to have a mind that works in the way that Gary's does and I think it's sort of like being a musical prodigy where it's like there are people who can work their whole lives and they can be amazing instrumentalists, and then there are people you know who like they'll pick up an instrument the first time when they're 18. And by the time they're 50, they're able to play with a symphony. And then there are the people who start when they're two. And by the time they're seven, they're conducting the Seattle Symphony. I think both of those types of people exist in the pun community. Somehow, I think that Gary is both.
1: I'll be burned out soon,
3: I'm sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So on our last episode, I used a phrase similar to you only know what it's like to be yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an awkward question to answer, I imagine, Gary. But can you tell us anything about what goes on in your head that you're pretty sure is unusual?
1: Well, I mentioned the long, boring bits that I saved for the pun-off. You know, <laughs> there's certainly like a hole in the head. You could drill a, 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 a tap into my head and just put a little spigot on the side and it would all just come out, come gushing out. Now, I... I, I I mentioned that, that the o. Henry Pun-Off has two different categories of competition. They are actually designed to appeal to two different types of person. The people mm. who are the quick-witted, the ones that are always thinking on their feet and ready to spit out a pun, and the other people who want to sit down and craft a comedy routine that's artfully constructed and really well thought out and Sometimes the same people can do both. A lot of times the same people can do both. But I've known over the 40 years that I've been involved with the pun-off that there are some people who don't gravitate to this other side over here. So it's something that, um, well, uh, Adam was relating it to musical ability. Like I have a musical ability. I enjoy music. I sing uh, music, but I can't play an instrument to beat the band. I just have never been able to master an instrument, but I am a music consumer. This is the other point that I always like to make. You have your pun producers and you have your pun consumers. And sometimes the same people are both, but the other end of the spectrum is if we don't have somebody who appreciates what we're doing, uh, we don't have an audience. And if you don't have an audience, then you, you can't really get the feedback that you need. Now your audience can be other punsters, but they're less likely to be as appreciative as someone who can't do it. Someone who professes to be a non-punster, yet we fill the backyard at the Henry Museum with a lot of people who wish they could, but can't. So they're vicariously living through us. It's like, if I were quicker, I would be up there doing this, but I'm not, so I'm just going to sit back here and enjoy this. The one thing that I think is probably common to a lot of people who gravitate to puns is that they love the language because you have to love the language in order to abuse it the way we do. And that's, that, uh, it's, that's.
0: You know, You're talking about prodigy. When I was in high school and college, I was in band and I was really good. I was always, you know, getting the first chair and, you know, helping people out and whatever, but I didn't love it. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't, I didn't have a passion for it. And so when you see those people that have this, this innate talent, you know, and that's, there's no question that some people are just born with the talent oh, for whatever. Don't
1: sell yourself short. You're not innate talent, maybe a nine.
0: Anyway, <laughs>
1: Thank you. Uh, the <laughs> talk to Bo Derek about that. You know how you can piss off Bo Derek. Tell her you're an eight. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I hijack your thought?
0: You know what? It, it doesn't matter. It's it's yours. It's yours. All the puns are mine.
1: <laughs> I can has puns.
0: Okay. I, I think that's actually probably a, a a pretty decent place to start winding down. But I do want to give Abby an opportunity to to just add anything, I don't know, interesting about something that you've learned or something you plan to do or
2: one thing that I'm really looking forward to when I'm able to go refilm it is there's an improv troupe in, in Wisconsin that actually has a pun intensive workshop where they te- like have a workshop specifically for teaching you how to utilize puns in your improv. And I mean, obviously the intersection of puns and improv is very clear. But I'm just really looking forward to that. And I don't know, just kind of again opening up this beyond the competitions. Even though I love the competitions and they are at the core of this. I don't know, if you guys know any weird things in the pun world, please send them my way because I'm trying to document all of it.
0: I'll give you an opportunity, Abby, at the end to tell people where to find your works in general. But let me ask you this. This particular project, what does a documentarian plan to do once they're done editing?
2: So this is my first feature length documentary. I've mostly done shorts in the past, and that is sort of a whole new arena that I'm learning. There's a couple different routes that docs tend to go, and that's the festival circuit or streaming like Netflix or Amazon. So I'm still figuring out if this is a festival doc or how marketable it is, but I'm also just like constantly grant writing and things like that. I've also had some people express that they think this is something that can be serialized into like 20 minute episodes. So yeah, I, I'm an editor by trade. That's the main thing that I do besides shoot. And so a lot of this will be figured out in post.
0: Well, I really look forward to that. We're going to go ahead and take a real quick break. But when we come back, we're going to play the second most popular game at the O. Henry Pun Off, not including the first most popular one. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> This is going to be very similar to the way Pun Slingers is done at the old Henry Pun-Off, but not exactly the same. People who've been listening to this podcast for a while know that a lot of the rules go out the window. I think what we're gonna do in this case is we're gonna go round robin. What's most important though, is for me to tell you what the category is. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Classic Movies.
3: It sounds like a lot of us are drawing a Casablanca.
2: God damn,
1: sorry. Say it again, Adam. Say it
4: again. <laughs>
1: oh, no. uh, uh, that's great. <laughs> I I actually was going for the same target, but a different plan. I was gonna, I was gonna say I, I can't remember anybody that was in that movie. I, I'm drawing a Casablanca.
0: You know what's really funny? So uh, when when I say classic movie, that apparently is the very first movie that came into every single person's mind.
1: It's I guess it's like yeah. the ultimate classic Power's, movie, right? Power of suggestion, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll just make that the topic. We're going to make puns about Casablanca. <laughs> you know how to whittle, don't you?
3: You know, I sat down to watch a Bond movie last time I was in the hospital. And uh, Doc comes in to ask, ask how i doing And I'm like, Doctor, no!
2: <laughs> did you know that the ancient Egyptians were really into astrology uh, there's that movie about a Leopatra oh. uh.
0: <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies I have to admit <laughs> did you hear about the politician that kidnapped all those people <laughs>
1: gone with the wind bag <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But I I heard the one about the guy who cleaned up in Las Vegas, the Wizard of
3: Odds. (laughs) Uh, Can't forget about the guy who became an American right after he got crippled, the new
0: Citizen Kane. So did you ever hear of the bird-themed ice cream shop, the malted falcon?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That one was for the birds. Yeah, sorry. The, the birds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that your whole, your entire <laughs> pun? The birds. That was was for the
1: birds. I'm sorry, there. Just had a little hiccup there. <laughs> uh, oh, I got you. That was a that was a great pun. Psych. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I heard they I heard they made a sequel. that was called Recycle. <laughs>
2: You guys are gonna make me pout of Africa. Pout out of Africa, Katherine Hepburn.
1: So you remember that movie that Tom Cruise made about being a bartender? The original title for that was gonna be called Oliver Twist. Olive or Twist. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that would have made it a classic. Right?
0: So we're talking about 60s musicals and 60s musicians. So there's that classic rock opera, Share. <laughs> yeah no okay yeah uh,
1: <laughs> give me a head with Cher. hair hair
0: hair Gary you got something
1: oh a lot of one word titles that don't really make great puns <laughs> but I do like oh. I do like Buster Keaton films in general
4: yeah okay ah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know when we play the uh, hey waiter game I'm always afraid it's going to get violent and I'll have to yell duck soup <laughs> that, that's not just classic it's ancient sorry go ahead
1: Abby should, should call the Superman
2: y'all remember when acid rain was like a really huge catastrophe in the 90s um, yeah. I guess if you got caught in it you'd be stinging in the rain
4: yeah
3: <laughs> should watch out for that purple rain too <laughs>
0: well and you know in terms of acid rain if anybody got hurt or killed by it there'd be a lot of good morning good morning good uh. yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> you know if, if we could if we could have al jolson come on this show he could probably give us a jazz zinger
4: <laughs> uh
3: did you guys hear about the super homeland, jingoistic British guy, but only for one day a year? He calls himself a Christmas Tory. Oh. A Christmas Tory.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Arm- Armageddon tired of these films. <laughs> Is that <laughs> a movie? Yeah, yeah no, that's pushing the boundaries. Every
0: <laughs>
3: Oil drillers on an asteroid.
0: Well, although speaking of space movies... There's the one that they colonized the planet and basically their main form of trade was uh, Raisins, uh, Planet of the Grapes.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh, and, and, and he, mentioned, he mentioned Titanic, but that was like from the late 90s or maybe maybe the turn of the century. So would, would you allow a 2001? Sure. A 2001.
4: Uh,
3: okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how do we feel about portmanteau? This is an actual clarifying question in our puns. Yeah, it's a
4: pun. Oh, I mean, I mean sure.
3: it's... Yeah, no, sure. Okay, okay. Because I keep thinking in my mind about that movie about all the astronauts who get stranded in space. And for all of them, it's their birthday. You know, Apollo 13 going on 30. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you said poor man, that is not what I was thinking. All right,
3: you think I was talking about the attack of the clones scene when they're in the desert? <laughs> and that's
1: all we look at, Portman toes? Yeah, that,
0: that, that's a classic.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: you,
1: you got a thing for Natalie Portman's toes to do. <laughs> 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 it's not all. Well, you
0: know, you know uh, speaking of, uh, about being, you're a five, you're a seven, you're an eight. Do we all know the movie, uh, The Wizard of
4: Oz? <laughs> Wizard of Oz. <laughs>
2: I am just blanket on movies. I'm literally a filmmaker, guys.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, I can appreciate that. It can be real tough.
2: That, I don't know, my favorite type of clothing is a best side story. and so, all. OK. That.
1: <laughs> no,
4: that's good.
1: <laughs> I'm starting to see a patent emerge here. Okay. <laughs> I always wanted
3: to give Kim and Kanye props on how they named their child. And I want their child to start their own perfume line, North by Northwest.
1: And then there was that, there was that classic movie about sex in the rabbit burrow, Warren Peas. Warren Peace. <laughs> Have you ever seen
0: that classic movie about the humongous insects that had personalities? There was one guy whose name was actually. Gary, Indiana ant, <laughs> also known as giant. giant.
4: <laughs> this
1: is... wow. I don't even
4: know what happened there, I just kind of got away from you.
1: <laughs> giant.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, can you, you can't fix that one in the editing. <laughs>
2: My favorite drinking game is King Pong.
1: <laughs> then there's the, por- the, the porno ripoff of In- invasion of the body snatches. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: there's that classic movie about rabbits getting diarrhea, water shits down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a famous horror movie about the horribly sick letters, ailing ends.
4: Ah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of horror movies, there was one about this poor kid whose mother remarried ten times and he got so tired of being reintroduced to his new father, and it's called Night of Eleven Dads. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's also the movie about that man who is the last person ever to contract cowpox, the Moo Sick Man.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like there were a lot, of, a lot of rabbit jokes earlier. Have you guys heard of that one, Bunny and Clyde?
4: Ah,
3: I, love it. <laughs> I, love it. I love it, true classic. Back in the like, early 90s, there was that documentary where they just watched this basketball player defend his house. Against invaders. Home Malone. Oh, geez. <laughs> and then he got traded to the Knicks, and so it was Home Malone 2, Lost in New York. Keep going. Wasn't there another sequel? Yeah, but that had his that had his younger brother post. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember that movie that had that guy wore a he wore a coat that was entirely, it was just like different bands from the like mid nineties. It was like Metallica and all those other ones. It was a full metal jacket.
0: That was a long path. (laughs) I couldn't think of any other metal bands. (laughs) What do you you get when you rub two oranges together? Pulp Friction. (laughs) (laughs) When people ask
3: why the need for so many bridges, you just got to look at them and
1: say, the bridge
3: on the river,
1: why? <laughs> There's that film that uh, Donald Trump made about um, uh, Barack Obama, birth through a nation. Oh. <laughs> oh. A,
0: oh.
1: That works that on so the most many levels.
0: That joke you've ever told, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Fred McMurray decides to become a DJ in this movie and uh, you know, his side gig is as an insurance salesman, dubstep indemnity.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going for a son of flubber.
3: <laughs> I flubbed that one up. Oh, I remember watching this movie once where they, uh, they cloned this old Jewish guy and they put him in a courtroom to just argue with himself. It was uh, 12 Angry Menches.
1: <laughs> you know, Oprah Winfrey was sort of famous for being large and then she lost a lot of weight. But, you know, her, her mother's sister is still quite obese. They made a film about her called Fat, Fat Ants of the Oprah." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh.
3: how about a mashup is a mashup okay sure there is that mash, there is the mash
0: um, and up nice
3: mash it up <laughs> you're done <laughs> oprah starred in a remake of that classic vietnam war film a clockwork color purple
2: oh <laughs> 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 My cat just told me that her favorite is Apocalypse Meow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've got one more that might almost work. Murderers riding on the railroad, stranglers on a train.
0: (laughs) That is a perfect way to end that game. So we are going to go ahead and take a break. But When we come back, we'll give advice on growing parsley, rosemary, and thyme. Yep, it's Sage Advice. And we're back. We are almost done for the day for this episode. First of all, I want to mention that although the O.
1: Henry pun-off was obviously going to be rescheduled. The pun-off has officially been postponed to October 17, 2020, but that, of course, is still... Needless tentative. to say, check out punoff.com. Well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and off, speaking of punoff.com,
0: you can find out pretty much anything about the punoffs at punoff.com. You can find out pretty much anything about this show at punintensive.com. And we even have a lot of social media accounts, Instagram <laughs> slash punintensive, and so on and so forth let's see, Adam, do you have anything that you want to plug? No, my only shout out is just, I want to make sure that I
3: want to, I'll say hi to my students and I want to make sure that all y'all, everybody out there staying
0: safe and washing your damn hands. Sounds good. All right. And Abby, I told you I'd give you an opportunity to tell us where to find your documentary shorts and anything else you want to plug.
2: Yeah. If folks are curious about the documentary about puns it's underneath it that's just underneath it all with p underneath it all we also have a facebook page just facebook.com slash all and then if anyone's interested in just my other documentary work or shorts it's Abigailhagen.com. and that's hagan
0: h-a-g-a-n and uh, by the time people have listened to this you will have sent me uh, a, a handful of links that i can put in the show notes uh, for people to
1: find those how's that sound
2: yeah sounds good
1: a handful Brilliant. of links. I never sausage a thing. <laughs> Could have been worst. Could have been worst.
0: Uh, all right. So we want to leave on a happy note. Since a lot of people are taking up new hobbies, gardening seems to be something that an awful lot of people are doing. Well, I, it's a total coincidence. I didn't even know this until before the show, but it turns out all four of us are excellent gardeners and have some really, really good advice for you. I'll start off with the first piece of advice. It turns out that becoming a good gardener is about emotional attention. And if you care, it will grow. If you care, it
1: will grow. I'm agreeing with you.
0: (laughs) Well, since you uh, couldn't help but speak up, Gary, what's what's your uh, sage advice?
1: Well, I'm imagining, even though I can't get her here to Austin, my granddaughter might come out and visit me in the garden and, you know, she's not fully potty trained yet and she might be trying to take a leak in my garden. And I would tell her go, oh, go ahead and drop your pansies and peonies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Abby Hagen. Yeah, I guess I would just tell folks to be wary if they're placing sculptures in their garden because you don't want your art to choke your plants. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and adam
0: engel
3: i would tell everybody don't spend your money on manure for the garden just recover the stuff from the bathroom and put in all of the used things from the kitchen it's scrap i tell you it's scrap
0: <laughs> all right and i'm aaron fazel i'm signing off with the catchphrase.
4: see you next time
0: We're going to play the second most popular game at the O. Henry Pun Off, not including the first most popular one. Stick around.
4: <laughs> I
1: don't know what that means. All right. <laughs> that bu- that bush has been beaten around so many times.
0: Yes, but you have to admit that was a that was a unique take, weird
1: and and nonsensical. <laughs> he, and, sometimes but, he yeah. he, inter- he introduces me as the as the for, the former future, for, former producer of the pun-off, and, and David is the few, for future, former, soon-to-be former. I never know whether he's introducing me or not. <laughs> <laughs>